Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Scripture this morning comes from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 39, and it's entitled, Jesus Heals Many, and Jesus Prays in a Solitary Place. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought Jesus, all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the, in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, and driving out the demons. This is the word of God for the people of God. You know, in our culture today, we find ourselves, thank goodness, remember these masks we were wearing just a short time ago? And you couldn't see anybody, you just kind of looked at their eyes, you really didn't get expressions. And so we find ourselves now, we are on the other side. We can take the masks off once again. And we're on the other side of the most serious pandemic that we will probably ever experience, I hope, in our lifetimes. And many of us who weathered the illnesses have said that they have never felt so ill and depleted before. From high fevers of 104 and even higher than that, and, and there was, a, there was a debilitating fatigue lasting sometimes months after the COVID-19 brought us face to face with our own mortality in ways that made us think more deeply about who we are, our time here on earth, and how it is that we should spend that time. And it also created within us as a people an existential fear and anxiety that has just taken years to try to dissipate. And in, in, our, in a sense, our culture has suffered from a kind of a, a feverish uncertainty. There has been a restlessness of mind and, and spirit that has caused major upheavals within jobs and homes and churches and relationships. When you feel anxious on a soul level, everything in your life can seem unstable and unsure and troubled. In contemplating what felt like the fragileness of life, people expeditiously, they wanted change. They were just like, remember Jonah? They, they, they yearned in a sense, they just wanted to, to run away. 
from, from all the tensiousness of life, from the, the leering shadow of, of death, which suddenly felt too close for comfort. And they longed to pursue new avenues of pleasure, to seek ways to feel better about life, to, to chase down avenues of at least temporary happiness. They were looking to reevaluate work and marriage and family and career and, and pursue unfilled dreams. And when the business of life stopped, people were faced with themselves and the lack of meaning and identity and fulfillment that they hadn't realized was laying just below the surface of their lives. They discovered, many of them discovered an emptiness inside that became really hard to fill. You know, without that 8 a.m. until 8 p.m. schedule to follow, people suddenly were faced with feeling their grief and their pain, their sadness, their emptiness. And so, a kind of feverishness emerged. You know, that kind that causes restlessness, depression, grief, anxiety. Did you know during that time addictions increased? increased? Alcohol just flew off the shelves. And so throughout the entire world, entire cultures entered into a stage similar to what we would call a midlife crisis. And more than any time in the past, People needed Jesus, but they just didn't know it. I got to tell you something, folks. Today, we as the church, we as the church, we here in Stoll Community of Faith, we are faced with the greatest opportunity of our lives. We are living in the midst of the greatest mission field of our generation. Carpe diem, seize the moment. It never felt so imminent as it does right now. You know, Jesus, he began his ministry in a, in a similar kind of time. You see, Rome controlled almost all of the Jewish territory. And, and the economy was just like ours. It was rough. And there were revolutionary groups were running rampant. Many of the religious officials were either oblivious or they were corrupt. And disease, disease ran amok. In Capernaum, where Jesus took up residence and, and obviously several of his disciples followed, there was a large seaport that was sitting on the water. And of course, that area that Capernaum was in was damp. It was marshy. It was hot, and no doubt it was filled with our old friends, the mosquitoes. And there was an illness back in that day they called ague. Today we call it malaria. And it was common in that region of Capernaum. And malaria, if you don't know, malaria causes severe fever and chills, shaking, restlessness, uh, fatigue, and we, don't, we really can't tell you for sure, we don't know for sure, but it's very likely that Simon Peter's mother-in-law 
may have come down with a case of ague. Now, I want you to pay attention to what's happening in our scriptures today because it tells of a lot, not just about Jesus' healing of physical illness, but about the nature and cure of spiritual illnesses as well. So here we have, we've got the fatigued woman. She's lying in bed, and she has a fever. Pretty obvious. Jesus comes. He takes her by the hand. He lifts her up, and the fever leaves her. And she immediately begins to serve them. Now, as you know, the English translations often really, they lack the richness of the Scripture in its original language. And in this case, there are two particular phrases that are immensely important to us. The first is, is Iran, Iran. And that means Jesus raises her up. And then there's Dakinonia and she begins to serve them. Well, the Greek word eron is the same word for resurrection in the scriptures. The same word that Jesus used to raise the dead, to raise the paralyzed man on the pallet. And the same word used to indicate Jesus' own rising from the dead. And so, more raising is happening here than simply getting out of bed. Jesus raised up the woman physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually from the state of fever to a state of, and here it comes, service. But that word Dakinonia means more than just cooking them dinner or serving as a hostess. The word means to minister, to actively care for the needs of others as the Lord guides. When our soul is truly healed, we will not only be filled with a sense of calm and peace, but desire with all of our being to minister to others according to the mission of God. And this is Jesus' mission, to restore. You know, it's like the word solve, you know, that comes actually, you know, we put a solve, solve on, that actually comes from the word salvation. But it puts people into a right relationship with God so that physically and mentally, emotionally and spiritually, they become a whole person. And in becoming whole, they automatically become part of God's mission to God's people. And that means that potentially every person that Jesus heals likewise becomes a healer and a minister to others. Jesus doesn't need to do all of the healing himself because he also is empowering his disciples and others to heal in his name. Or, of course, as usual, as disciples, they, they don't get it at first. 
And for a while, Jesus goes on to, to heal people in mass as his disciples excitedly just start to bring him all of, the, all of the sick people, including the people that were possessed by demons. You know, we talked a little bit about that last week. And for miles around, so practically here we have the whole city is now gathered outside of the door of, of Simon Peter's house in order just to get a glimpse of Jesus, this miracle man. And now you know what it looks like. How many of you got in that long, long line for that first vaccine? Wasn't that amazing? People were lined up like crazy, snaked all the way around the buildings. Uh, what Stormontville Event Center had it going on there, and they had a lot of places in Douglas County. But anyway, you had to get in snake along that the line. You had to make appointments to get there, and then then you had to, had to wait among all the crowds. And you were hoping to find relief. You wanted protection from that invisible viral bandit that was sneaking around just waiting to get a hold of you. And then this went along all night long, apparently. And in the morning, as we, uh, as we remember Jesus, he goes out to pray. And his disciples, upon waiting, waking up, they, they go out and they, they hunt him. They can't figure out where he's at. And they let him know that, that there's still more people that are searching for him. And Jesus says, well, then let's go on to the neighboring towns so that I can proclaim the message there also. Because this is what I came here to do. And so he continued on. But why? Why did he do that? Well, he had done all he had set to do there at Capernaum. Jesus was not interested in, 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 in the paparazzi or in the fever that he was creating from sensationalism. He could see the feverish pitch beginning as Simon's house began looking like a Taylor Swift concert. You know? People were anxious. Some were ill. Some were simply unhappy. Some were restless with life. Some were curious about Jesus. Some were wanting his attention. Some were merely there just to be along for the ride. But no matter how you look at it, how you look at it, man, that spiritual fever was running high in Capernaum. And Jesus' message was clear. His aim was to transform the world through raising. And he would raise up some of the, his most imminent healing more than his message of God's salvation plan and most with a movement that he would change the world as we know it. And as he, as he gathered disciples who would truly commit to his ministering to others, his greatest fear, his greatest feat was his own resurrection. And in the raising of Jesus, we learned that we have a raising potential. We, all of us, if we only allow ourselves to trust in Jesus' power and presence for our lives and the lives of others. You see, with Jesus' healing comes calm and peace and wholeness and happiness, the kind that we can't, we can't find when we're feverishly looking for it with all the superficial places in the world but the kind only Jesus can offer. 
and that is soul healing. And that is relief from our grief and our pain, our anxiety, our restlessness, our fantasism, our depression, our worry, our insecurity. Life not limited to the confines of this world that fills us with the richness of life in the here and now and the promise of life eternal. Jesus would try to teach his disciples this message in hundreds of ways. Just how he would heal their spiritual fevers in hundreds of ways. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is, is in the midst of the Sea of Galilee. And the storm comes up and the boat is tossing and it's turning. And much of the disciples' minds and the spirits their spirits are tossing and turning as well as their inner storm of insecurity and worry threaten to overthrow their faith. And Jesus wakes and he asks them, he says, what in the world are you worried about? Some of these interactions would make, make a, for a great comedy. You know, I'm telling you, you can just see them. Their eyes are wide, look like a hoot owl. And they're, they're pointing to the storm. They said, are you kidding us, Jesus? Are you kidding us? Are you for real? And then Jesus just sternly calms the storm. And life is always going to bring us storms. We're going to encounter things in our lives that are going to throw us off course. Things that are going to upset us. Things that are going to worry us. Things that are going to incite us. Things that are going to make us restless and anxious. But Jesus' message is clear. When he is in the boat with us, we have nothing to fear as long as Jesus has a firm place within your heart no matter what you may experience in life's adventure you will get through with a peaceful sure heart a contented soul an unfettered countenance and an identity rooted in God and faith and so today we're, we're about to have communion and so today, as you leave this place, I wish for you God's healing. And may the spiritual fever put that beat in your thoughts and your mind. Have that fever, that spiritual fever. And may the spiritual fever that threatens you and leaves you restless, may all of your inner demons that bind you and taunt you with false narratives and doubts, may they leave you as your Savior and healer bestows upon you his hand of peace, grace, love, and wellness. Amen.